You are now listening to The Sexy Escort Guide, discussing everything fascinating about the world of paid companionship. And now, here is your sexy host, Exotic Vivian. Hello, everyone. This is episode 111 of The Sexy Escort Guide podcast. I am your host, Vivian. And today we're going to be talking about a very special topic. I hope everyone had a lovely Thanksgiving and are ready for the holiday season. And on that note, I'm going to bring in our very special guest. We're going to be discussing International Day to End Violence Against Sex Workers. My guest today is the amazing and compassionate Miss Alex Andrews. Alex is a sex worker with lived experience under criminalization of consensual sex work. She is the co-founder of Swap Behind Bars and has been working with men, women, and trans individuals who have been incarcerated and also have experience in the sex industry. Alex, along with Swap, worked to reduce the shame, discrimination, and stigma of sex work by showing up at community meetings and town hall discussions on trafficking. Alex uses herself as an example to demonstrate that sex workers are just like everyone else. She has been called a watchdog of the anti-trafficking activity and is committed to the unification of sex worker rights in the United States. But first, a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by our diamond sponsor, Companion Tax and Accounting Services. You've heard us interview the owner, Mary Lee, on episodes 7, 36, and 58. Companion Tax really knows their stuff, and I, Vivian, can personally vouch for them. They are the professionals you need to hire to handle all of your tax accounting and business needs. Companion Tax was created specifically with us companions in mind. It doesn't get any more niche than that. They have been in business since 2011 and have become a leading resource for the community. Although based in South Florida, they are licensed in all states. You can visit them at companiontax.com and fill out the new client information form to get started and take charge of your financial future. Hello, Alex. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. We are so grateful for your coverage of the Jose Torres case. And I'm so excited to be joining you today to talk about the international data and violence against sex workers. Yes, and we are thankful to you for all your hard work behind the scenes on behalf of sex workers. So let's just jump right in. Please tell our listeners, just give us a brief intro about who you are and how you got involved with Swap Behind Bars, which stands for Sex Worker Outreach Project Behind Bars. Uh, Yes, my name is Alex Andrews. I am a senior case manager for Swap Behind Bars. I am also the co-founder. We started Swap Behind Bars in answer to kind of a gap in um, services and support for people who had traded sex and were also incarcerated. We thought that it would be interesting to get the perspective of people who were incarcerated and had also had lived experience trading sex for survival or for whatever means. And so we started this Behind Bars chapter in an effort to connect with those folks and give them an opportunity to raise their voice. Awesome. So do you have any personal experience being a sex worker? I have been a sex worker since 1984. I started out in a strip club. I was working as a cocktail waitress and as a really, really awful dancer. 
We all start out awful, girl. We all start out awful. Well, I don't think I ever improved my skills when it came to um, the actual physical act of dancing. However, but did you make money? I did. And that's the whole point. I had to fill a lot of champagne. And so they recognized that early on and they kind of put me in that category is please don't dance, just sell boots. (laughs) Oh my God. As long as you made money, girl, I don't know why people think stripping is about dancing because it's not. I mean, yes, there are some very talented people in the strip club industry, but it's not about dancing, folks. It's all about what's between your ears. It really is. And I don't think that people understand that, you know, this is a networking customer service. This is what this is. You, you build a clientele by creating connections with individual people. And I was able to successfully do that. That's how you were able to sell all the champagne. So unfortunately, while I was selling champagne, I had taken a bottle of champagne up to the DJ who was in an upstairs kind of cubbyhole at the strip club. And when I was coming back down the stairs, I tripped Oh, no. Fell all the way down the stairs and shattered my knee bone. Oh, my God. It was lucky they called 911. In 1987, which is when this happened, there were no OSHA protections. There was no unemployment. There were no protections. I really was lucky that they even called someone to come and take me to the hospital so that they could reset my leg. And needless to say, that ended my career as a quote unquote dancer. That really started me on kind of a quest. And because I was so irritated about the fact that I got stuck with all these hospital bills, I had basically permanently injured myself and there was no protection whatsoever. Nothing to assist me in navigating my life after that. And because of the discrimination against uh, sex workers, strippers, even in the 80s, especially in the 80s, I'm not sure. I felt like labor rights was something that I was really concerned. That eventually moved me into human rights and then more specifically into sex worker rights in 2015. I mean, there were a lot of things going on in the 80s that would not even fly today. So... And at the same time, so much has not changed. That is true. That is so frustrating to see that we have decades of people being discriminated against for their career choice. Even though they're doing well at the time, we're not offering them any assistance when something urgent happens or when a crisis develops. And so it's not just physical injury. It can be PTSD. It can be domestic violence. It can be sexual assault. There's all kinds of different places where The system really fails those of us who choose to engage in the adult industry in whatever capacity, and there aren't any protections for us. One of the lines that we can draw here is the connection to the 20th anniversary of this memorial event that we do every year, which is the International Data and Violence Against Sex Workers. This will be our 20th anniversary. The event was initially started in response to the Green River killer in Seattle, Washington, who had killed... The official number is 52. Some of the early sex worker rights activists began this memorial event to draw attention and raise awareness about violence against sex workers. Unfortunately, very little has changed in regards to addressing violence against sex workers. People are often very, very resistant to understanding that violence can be talked about in a lot of different ways. And violence against sex workers that results in death or murder is something that we should really pay more attention about and be a little bit more 
cognizant about the institutional and societal structures that create this barrier for sex workers to receive services and support? I mean, they're certainly very dismissive. And the number one thing you get hit with is, well, they could just quit that line of work. Just no empathy whatsoever. There's no empathy whatsoever. I find it really frustrating that when a sex worker is trying to achieve entry into a different career, there are so many barriers to them even being able to do that. Exactly. So it's like, okay, you want us to quit, but then we can't even get jobs in the real world, quote unquote. You just go right back to doing the same thing you were doing. It's the same thing, you know, with convicted criminals, you know, with non-dangerous crimes, because it's on your record, nobody's going to hire you. And this is where we run into complications with the legalization models. In order for prostitution or sex work to be legal, you have to register and you have to get a license. Basically, wear a scarlet letter. You do receive the scarlet letter and that follows you from place to place, just like an arrest does. Um, So if you are a registered adult performer that is doing well and you decide that you want to pursue a career in social work or the legal field or literally any other field, it's going to raise an eyebrow that you at one time had a license or a certification as a sex worker. Okay, so quickly walk us to... After your hospital bills and you couldn't wear heels anymore, how did you get involved with Swap Behind Bars? I started out speaking to some people in the Florida area regarding trafficking. I was doing a class at the jail called Living a Life You Love, and it was specifically targeted for young women who had been arrested and incarcerated. It was a very small jail, and so the program director kind of cherry-picked people that he knew, women that he knew that had been involved in the sex trade, and he would put them into my class. And I started doing this class and I started realizing that a lot of the issues that were behind this were rights-based. They were human rights-based. I discovered the Swap USA network in 2015, immediately joined onto that and started the chapter for Behind Bars in 2016 in response to the fact that there was really no targeted work to speak to sex workers behind who were incarcerated. It's not that no one was doing work inside of jails and prisons, because that's not the case at all. It's just that no one really had that specific target of finding people who were incarcerated and had also traded sex regardless of circumstance. Thank you very much for your service. How do you get funding? We write a lot of grants. Um, For the first few years, we were almost 85% supported by community members, which is so unfair. Wow. I mean, but still, that's something to applaud because the community actually supported you? Yes, they have. The community has always been incredibly supportive. Wow. Kudos. Kudos. Well, part of it was because a lot of our programs and processes allowed them to have direct interaction with people who were behind bars. We have an Amazon wish list that we curate for individual members who are incarcerated. We encourage pen pal relationships and we match pen pals for people who are in prison to people who are outside of prison. We do a lot of connection. We feel like one of the most important things that we can bring to the table is connection and communication. When you are incarcerated, you have very little protections, violence from CEOs, violence from other people who are incarcerated. And when you get mail, that is a sign that you got peeps on the outside. 
And so we want our community members who are incarcerated to know that they've got people who are on the inside. And we feel like that that has really been a game changer. That's awesome. And the more I talk to you about this, the more I'm thinking we're going to have to have you back to talk more about swap behind bars. But let's move on to the topic at hand. What is International Day to End Violence Against Sex Workers? Please share with our listeners what it was intended for and what is done internationally. December 17th is the International Day to End Violence Against Sex Workers. It is an international event where sex workers, allies, friends and family members organize demonstrations and vigils around the world. We mourn our deceased community members and we stand in solidarity with others. We demand attention to hate crimes that are enacted against sex workers and the eradication of the discrimination that is directly contributing to the violence that our sex worker communities experience. There is also a lot of legislation globally that is written without any consideration about violence against sex workers. The initial date was established in 2003 by Dr. Annie Sprinkle and Robin Few, who were the initial founders of the Sex Work Outreach Project USA. And it was a memorial for the victims of the Green River Killer. This guy was prolific, targeted sex workers near the Seattle for decades. He was claiming that they were easy to pick up and their disappearance went unnoticed. He knew that they would not be reported missing right away. And so there was a very good likelihood that he would never be caught. Violent crimes against sex workers are usually underreported, unaddressed, and they go unpunished. There really are people who don't care whether prostitutes are victims of hate crimes, beaten, raped, or murdered. Regardless of what you may think about sex workers and the politics surrounding them, sex workers are human beings. They are a part of our neighborhoods. They are a part of our communities. And they are part of our families in many cases. Very true and a very noble cause indeed. So I'm going to have to do some research on this Seattle guy and put it in the show notes so people can kind of read about it and how this whole thing launched, because this is the first time I'm hearing of it, that you're talking about it now. Well, I'm so glad that we're talking about it now. This is the time to be able to do that. And I will be happy to send you all of the information that we've collected in regards to not only the killer himself, but also for the victims. Um, that have been named and were initially memorialized on that. So I'll be more than happy to send you that information. Perfect. And I will put it in the show notes. That has been my number one effort throughout this is to demonstrate to the public. I'm older now, and I think it's really important that I use my voice to demonstrate that sex workers are literally like everyone else. I can sit in a room where there are anti-trafficking people and there are legislators and there are people who really don't know anything about our community and they don't see it coming. You know, so I have the opportunity to talk about sex work and sex workers and a lot of the difficulties that we face and the societal and institutional issues that lead us to this place. So what is considered violence against sex workers? You know, there are so many different definitions of that, and it has changed over the years. Obviously, violence against sex workers that we use for the international data and violence against sex workers is death. It's not uncommon for sex workers to lose their lives to overdose, suicide, and all of these are direct responses to the violence that they have experienced during their lifetime. Over the past I would say probably eight years, we have started to include people who have died from natural causes 
you know, we want to recognize and embrace their lives and their activism. We also want to raise attention to the survivors of sex trafficking who have lost their lives. We want to call attention to people who have experienced sexual violence, physical violence, institutional violence. For these purposes, if someone has died, we want to recognize them on the data and violence against sex workers. We determine violence as anything that causes discrimination and marginalization among our community. BIPOC trans sex workers are at a disproportionately high rate of vulnerability to violence. It makes sex worker liberation, racial justice efforts, labor movements, LGBTQ plus liberation movements, they're all inextricably linked. Globally, sex workers have a 45 to 75% chance of experiencing violence on the job. And that rate only increases for those who are BIPOC or gender expansive. Can you uh, let us know what that acronym means just for people who don't know? What does BIPOC mean? Biracial people of color. Okay. And this is a long debate currently in our community. Who is considered a sex worker? You know, that is very interesting. That has also changed over the past decade. And I am less inclined to use the term sex worker in my daily discussions with people. I prefer to use a really long and boring and not widely accepted. Please share with us what the long and boring thing is, because I find that it's the word sex and work that seems to mess with people's brains. I'm very committed to referring to someone as they prefer to be determined. So when I'm working with cam girls or porn performers, I refer to them as erotic industry performers, adult labor, that sort of thing. A sex work is an umbrella term. It's just kind of to encompass everyone and to make it simple. The term that I use is people who trade sex regardless of circumstance. And I believe that that kind of encompasses both sex workers and sex trafficking survivors. Adult industry, erotic labor market, all of those are perfectly acceptable terms. Even prostitute is something that I don't have any level of discomfort of using. It's not even us using it. It's the outside world and how they translate those words. It's like a very weird little landmine you have to like, you know, walk through, especially with you doing your community outreach and going to, you know, talk with legislators and all this stuff. They are already prejudging you. And the minute they hear sex or prostitute, it's done. It's a done deal. So now you have to like come up with other ways to talk to their brain, their tiny brains, and it's annoying. I think that if Americans could eliminate the word sex, they would do that. Just the word sex makes people so uncomfortable. It really does. It's so mind-boggling to me, even though they're having all of the sex. I'm in a room full of politicians and I'm discussing the erotic labor market. They have no idea what I'm talking about. Sex work is the exchange of money or goods for sexual services, and it's like any other form of job. It exchanges money for a specific labor or service. Sex work is an umbrella term. It encompasses many different forms of labor. We use the term sex work to reinforce the idea that sex is work, and it allows for a greater discussion of labor rights and conditions. So at one point, did you decide to include survivors of sex trafficking in the violence against sex workers? You know, we have never excluded them. That is something that media and legislators and policymakers, that is something that they have done without our okay or assistance. People who are engaged in crisis 
are engaged in a damn crisis and it doesn't matter what it was they were doing. If they've been sexually assaulted or if they've been a victim of domestic violence or if they are experiencing homelessness, I don't care what you call them. You can call them a Martian. It doesn't make any difference to me. I want to make sure that they have the resources they need in order to achieve their best life. So is there a difference between violence against sex workers and violence against sex trafficking victims? I'm sure that there are people who would argue with me on that. Again, if someone is experiencing violence and they are in the erotic labor market by choice or by force, those are things that we need to talk about. Um, the sex worker community support line, which is kind of the framework under which Swap Behind Bars operates, we take calls from sex workers, sex trafficking survivors. We are even a resource on the human trafficking hotline. Um, and they will often refer clients to us that they don't know what to do with. It's becoming more understood that people who are engaged in the erotic labor market can also experience greater degrees of domestic violence, um, sexual violence, discrimination, and just general harm. We're making a little bit of progress on including sex workers and survivors of sex trafficking. It's a long road. Can you please share that number with us just on air? And of course, I'm going to also include it in the show notes. The sex worker community support line number is 877-776-2004. It is a 24-hour hotline that people can call and talk to a peer support member with lived experience. We try to direct people to local resources if that's what they need. We try to address the underlying situations that they are going through do whatever we can to assist them in navigating some of those structures that are denying them to get housing or whatever other services they need. Um, and we are more than willing to engage in a lot of discussions with organizations that are serving specific populations that are not sex worker friendly. Okay. And I understand that you have a website with a list of the sex workers that are no longer with us. Can you please share that with our listeners? That a website is swapbehindbars.org, December 17th, 2023. And of course, I will also include that in the show notes as well. Lots of resources on the show, people. So make sure you check the show notes and clickety click, click, click. Why would you say this particular issue is very important to everyone who is in the adult industry? Because as I said, it's a very individualistic type of business at times, like it's every man for themselves. Why would you say this issue is important to every one of us? Sex workers come from a variety of backgrounds and circumstances. Violence against sex workers intersects with other oppressions that are faced by marginalized people and are living a marginalized existence. So even if you are in a legal field or even if you are in a protected, which I'm not sure that there is, a protected class of erotic labor, you can still be targeted for violence. So this is something that we all need to take really seriously. Even the most privileged porn performer is going to have trouble accessing the services that they need if they aren't networked into a supportive community. So what we're trying to do here is create a place where sex workers from whatever walk of life can come and have these discussions about their own interpersonal relationships, about domestic violence. It's not unusual at all for sex workers to be discriminated, even if they're working in a legal field. And I have tons of antidotes 
that our personal experience over the past 10 years of working with people in both legalized, decriminalized and criminalized environments that share that view. I mean, even OG and now retired porn star Jenna Jameson, as privileged as she was, documents in her book and also on her social media, all of her trauma and struggles that came with her being a porn star. So it doesn't matter how privileged you are. If you are engaged in the adult industry and you experience domestic violence or a sexual assault or just an interpersonal conflict, you don't have anywhere to go and you don't have anyone who's willing to listen. It's almost like society is saying, well, this is what you deserve for being the whore that you are. Uh, So disheartening, so fucked up. This is why I'm thankful for all the work that you do. You know, a little bit at a time is still something. It's better than not having any resources at all. Well, as a harm reductionist, you know, we have to celebrate any positive damn change, even if it's not enough to move the needle forward. But, you know, we do operate under a harm reduction concept, which is, you know, reduce the amount of harm someone experiences as a result of whatever behavior that they are going through. So that is kind of one of our tenants and it pisses me off on a pretty regular basis. So what exactly is done during this event around the world? That is one of the most beautiful things about this event is that because they are organized by local groups or local individuals, they are completely unique. Each local organization will take the list of names and uh, memorialize it in the way that they choose. In the past, we have had just memorials where people gather and read the list of names. We have had entered discussions over Zoom for the past couple of years. Coyote Rhode Island runs a beautiful memorial event that is online that people can just log on to and watch the event or participate in the event. Um, Swap USA has been sharing the names, collecting the names for two decades. So there's always lots of local places that you can go to find these events. They read poetry. We have Swap Behind Bars supports a podcast called All in a Day Sex Work. And in 2019, we told the stories of seven sex workers who had been um, lost to violence. They're very short, 10, 11 minute episodes. Because one of them in 2019 was a client that I had had since 2008. I knew her very well. And she was murdered in a Daytona Beach hotel room. I have personally known a lot of the victims of violence because I've been involved in the service portion of this for so long. And and it's just devastating. It's devastating to their family. It's devastating to their children. And it hurts. Is Swap Behind Bars going to be doing anything specifically this year, maybe online that we can get involved in? Or is there something you want to point us to? Like, how can we participate in this event? I would recommend that you uh, follow a lot of the hashtags that are local to your community. The most notable ones are hashtag I-D-E-V-A-S-W or hashtag December 17th or hashtag D-E-C-17. Those are all great ways to look up local events that might be happening within your area, joining something on virtually. We will be spending the entire day with the rolling list of names for people to uh, memorialize at their leisure. We will be participating in the Blitz Inc. 
and the Coyote Rhode Island online virtual events. Uh, We will have representation at the Miami event. For the most part, our job is to make sure that local activists and advocates and allies have the resources they need in order to have those names available to them. Please leave our listeners with your website and your social media information so that they can learn more and possibly help out in any way they can. You can reach us at the Swap Behind Bars website, which is www.swapbehindbars.org. We have a blog post that we post every year. We have a YouTube channel. We have Instagram, Facebook, Threads, Blue Sky, and all of them have our at Swap Behind Bars. And I'm assuming they can get to all these links via your website that you just mentioned. Get to all of them on our website and they can definitely find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We love all of those. Well, we don't love Twitter so much anymore. It's not <laughs> X, you mean. <laughs> you can all finally admit that it was a dumpster fire. All of social media is the bane of my existence. I only do it because I need to make money. So I do it for my money. If it did not involve my money in any way, you will never see me on social media. That is correct. Ain't nothing like a hashtag. Exactly. But I will definitely put all your links in the show notes, like I've been saying a million times. But thank you so much, Alex, for coming on the show. And, you know, educating us like I'm sure there are a lot of our listeners that don't even know this exists like I heard about swap behind bars but you know I didn't know about this event so thank you so much for coming on and you know just giving us the knowledge that we so desperately need absolutely I hope that this event will continue to be recognized by a wider group of people we do have a December 17th 20th anniversary memorial store on our website And we would love for people to support us by purchasing some of the merchandise from there. We have a wide variety of merchandise, T-shirts, hoodies, coffee cups, travel cups, you name it. We've got it on there. Our laptop covers, they beat everybody. They are just amazing. They have a fur inside. They are so nice. Ooh, okay. I'm going to have to check that out. But yes, I'm going to be putting all of this in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Alex. And I definitely do want you to come back. So we can talk specifically about swap behind bars, because, you know, just from talking to you today, that just sounds very interesting to me. And I feel like that's another resource that we can use in our community. Yes. And I would love to have you guys get involved. I would love to have your listeners become pen pals and to have a look at our Amazon wish list for incarcerated workers and for them to participate at the level that they feel comfortable and that they have the capacity to do. We'd love to have your listeners participate. Perfect. Thank you so much. And I guess I will let you go and enjoy the rest of your day. And then we'll see you back soon. I will do that. Thank you so much for having us. And again, thank you so much for your coverage of the Joey the Player case. We're so grateful that you were able to get that out there, that he had been convicted. And we are very much looking forward to February 28th, which is when he is going to be sentenced to what we hope is a very long time. We hope so, too, because he's a menace. Thank you. So I will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at TSEG Podcast and on Instagram at TSEGP. Join our Patreon page for exclusive videos on dating, sugaring, and freestyling tips for both the gentlemen and ladies. Patreon.com forward slash TSEGP. Follow your host Vivian on Twitter and Instagram at Exotic Vivian. 
please leave the show a five-star rating on iTunes. Until next time, keep it sexy and stay receptive.